Welcome to Exploring the Metaverse, where we explore the depths of virtual and augmented reality in the ever-expanding metaverse and how it applies to regular people. Today's guest, Nagar Shaghagi, co-founder and CEO of Oxumen, is founded in 2019 with a focus on building virtual beings, NPCs, and Oxumen has recently announced the next phase of its business evolution with the creation of Oxworld, the world's first no code metaverse solution and it's a metaverse creation platform that democratizes access and lowers the barrier to entry for creating branded metaverse experiences oxymen's comprehensive all-in-one platform offers a standardized toolkit that makes it easy for anyone to build native high quality and customized metaverse experiences let's get into the episode Awesome. Awesome. Welcome, Nigar. Thank you so much for joining me here on this podcast today. It's an absolute honor. It's a privilege. I never know, you know, how things are going to go. We get these conversations, nothing practiced, nothing rehearsed. Welcome. (laughs) How are you doing today? Thank you. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you. I appreciate it very, very much. You taking the time to be here today. Tell the listeners about yourself and uh, maybe just right off the hop, if you just tell them about your special role in the film, you participated in no one knows about Persian cats yeah yeah so um I am originally Persian so I was born and raised in Tehran Iran before I moved to London in 2009 at that time me and an old friend we were in a band we were in kind of like an indie rock band and it was all it was all underground because in Iran women can't sing you can't play music if it's considered western music especially with English lyrics um, Bahman Qobadi, who is a very well-known um, director, wanted to uh, make a movie about the underground music scene in Iran. And uh, me and my friend Ash, we ended up leading the be, becoming the leading roles for the movie. Um, the movie is essentially a docudrama about, um, you know, a bunch of people who want to play music and they can't right. and they have to, you know, jump through all sorts of hoops and, uh, you know, they sometimes get arrested and, uh, so it's about it's about rebellion against the system that doesn't really want to let musicians uh, have a voice. So um, the the movie went to Cannes. It won the jury prize at Cannes Film Festival, but it also made it um, thank you. It also made it impossible for uh, me and a lot of people that were involved in the movie to go back to Iran. So I could say that essentially I've been living in exile in uh, oh. in the UK for the past. 14 years. Um, And I think um, what I wanted to also say is the kind of the rebellion that we saw in that movie uh, at that time, today it's happening in the streets. I've seen Um, on TikTok. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm an ally. Like I I stand behind (laughs) the women of the world. I'm a nurse. I I have been married for 20 years. I have five sisters. I have a daughter, Um, my beloved mother and every other woman around the world who are you know, the cornerstone, the foundation of the strength of civilization and society. Yeah. And uh, I support this movement incredibly in any way that I can as an incredibly yeah. privileged, you know, Caucasian male living in Canada. I mean, wow, it's yeah. uh, I, I really thank you. Like, I really think that kind of work is so important. And for you to be away from your home, from your homeland for so long for in my yeah. eyes, my personal view, I think it's absurd. Um yeah. So, yeah, yeah, congratulations definitely. on being involved in something so important. Uh, I mean, thank you. But I, I think the generation, the kind of like the younger generation than me that are kind of in the streets today, they're even 
louder, more courageous and bolder. I, I think my generation, we were a little bit trying to, oh, how can we how can we get around this? But, but you broke kind the of ice. Coming, yeah, they're they're coming outright and say like, hey, you know what? I don't want any of it. And what they're demanding is so much bigger than playing music. It's demanding, you know, they're what's owed to them, the right to a normal life and, you know, all aspects of personal freedom. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in awe and like very inspired by the younger Iranian generation. Well, I think it's owed to them as well. I really do. It's very well said. And uh, thinking of bigger and bolder things, I feel like overall, <laughs> you, you sound to me like a big future thinking forward moving individual, uh, especially in this professional business of yours, being involved in the, you know, the virtual and augmented space. Um, tell, us, tell us about this major company, this product. Um, explain to me, Ox, Ox, Oxumen, Oxman? Yeah, uh, Oxuman. So Oxuman, yeah. yeah, Oxuman is the name of the company. It's kind of two words put together, auxiliary and human. Oh. And um yeah, it's kind of like mm. Oxuman started for uh, me and my co-founders with kind of because we were we were very fascinated by virtual worlds. This is something that I have been um, after I finished my um, degree in philosophy. I was really uh, intrigued by this idea of virtual reality and not so much in the kind of hardware sense of it, but in kind of how can we represent the actual world or some elements of it virtually and what kind of possibilities does that give us? And this is very much, you know, the idea of, you know, digital twins, for example, yeah. if I create a one-to-one -one replication of something digitally, essentially I can do so much to it. I can, I can predict its future and, you know, I can, I can see what course it's going to take. And um, yeah, so I have been working in the space for, for a while. I was, uh, I was actually in a health tech company called Babylon. Okay. Um, and I worked with uh, Carolyn Hargrove, who is uh, one of the uh, first women. She was the co-founder of McLaren Applied Technologies. And she built the first uh, Formula One simula simulation oh. engine, <laughs> which, was, which was really interesting to yeah. work alongside her and try to apply this really big concept to something that is very accessible your health. And it's kind of, uh, Oxumen is the same thing. So we want to, we think that when we, um, when we think about conversations that we're having around the metaverse, you know, regardless of how we define it, it's always in this need for a better, more immersive internet. Absolutely. So it, 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 it really ties back in with, you know, our virtual presence our virtual existence how is how is that going to be so that's kind of that was something that really uh, excited us to start Oxzoom and I can I can tell you a little bit about our product which is Oggs World that's the website um, I have open yeah 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 exactly um we we essentially think that our experience with the internet is changing um you know, game worlds or virtual worlds are becoming the new interface for us to interact with each other, with information. I spent um, 12 years and 600 days of my life immersed in the world of Warcraft. And I can assure you yeah. that the customization of avatars is incredibly important to those people. Yeah. And what you're saying to me is as clear as day 
as if this is the most commonsensical thing that could possibly be described. But yet, when I speak such words out in the world, so to speak, people look at me with this kind of uh, concerned look. Nigar, please continue. My apologies. No, you're absolutely right. And I think um, part of that is because of uh, how sometimes these ideas are inaccessible to to people. Um, And we uh, at Obzuman, we believe that the true potential is unlocked when we give people the creative power to build what they want. Because if we're thinking about, oh, there is this new way, um, this new experience of the internet, and how so much of the internet is about self-expression, we can't preserve that power to create, you know, for for just some people. I always use this example of like, imagine if YouTube, um, content on YouTube was just produced by just some people. And then you were always the kind of like expectator and maybe you had some kind of interaction through the comments and everything. But it's, I think the future companies in the space need to think about how do we give back that creative power? How do we give that tools for expression to people and allow them to do that? I, I have tried to create an experience with Unreal Engine. It's super difficult. So I'm not expecting anyone to, you know, be able to like open up this kind of engine, try to like build this world. How can I, how can I quickly at low cost build a space for me and my friends go in there, have some activities and just have fun together. Yeah. Right now, that doesn't exist. And that's what we're trying to build with uh, with Oxworld. Thank you for highlighting to me what I think is incredibly important and for making it seem so in reach and so accessible because something I really, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm on about all the time on this show is that I want it to be able to be something that we can relate back to those people who are like non-technical and mm-hmm. I really think that when we can make things accessible for those individuals, that yeah. we've really unlocked it for the world. And yeah, and and these 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 straightforward ideas are they're complex, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it sounds very easy, you know, for me as an end user to be like, okay, sure, I'll create a character. But what yeah. kind of work has gone into that to this point to get you guys where you are, and how how is the path forward looking? Uh, yeah, so we are, um, as I said, we are very excited by trying to make it very accessible for everyone to come in. So we're no code platform. You can you can come in and easily create not only worlds, but activities, because mm-hmm. I think that an, an empty world where yeah. we just like have some representation of, you know, maybe a coffee shop we're sitting what's the point? What is the activity? And I think this is where we can learn a lot from gaming, for example, you know, why is gaming so much fun and how we make virtual spaces fun? It's, you know, how we rethink about activities that people, people want to do. So I think it's all about that. And we have, uh, we have basically spent uh, the past year, very heads down. Uh, We have been quite stealthy trying to, you know, really build, uh, build, product that is very easy to use for the for the end end consumer and um it's been a it's been an interesting journey um i think overall um you know just like the state of the world some so many things happening and sometimes 
when you're building something, you're building in context of the world. And it's, it's, always, it's always interesting to see how, you know, externally uh, things can influence you. But I think we have, uh, we've come to a point where we are ready to um, launch our kind of first version of uh, the software. It's being launched soon. And um, yeah, people can like, we're very excited to see how people come in and what are the things they doing? Because we don't want to reserve that creative power for ourselves as a platform. And we want to give it to people and see, you know, what's, uh, what kind of chaos they come up with. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, I really believe in what you're working on. And I, I see this as the kind of thing that my kids, I mean, I have younger children, um, an 11 and a 13 year old, uh, particularly who are, they have full access to technology. Mm -hmm. like my kids have each had an iPhone since they were one year old. In fact, yeah. my one-year-old has an iPhone as well. And wow. I'm the kind of modern parent who believes that if we give them the foundational technology and teach them yeah. these skills from a young age, that they're they're starting from a point that I can only hope to achieve. And that's really their, mm -hmm. their starting point. And when we talk about this platform that you're building and having that creative expression, I mean... Yeah. I, 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 I see them already creating things in, in virtual worlds. And I, I just... I, I just, I can't wait, you know, I'm excited and I want to see more of it. And do you see sort of in like a, a social, in the, in the world around us, in the sort of popular culture, mm -hmm. social world, do you see, yeah. like, I, I know what I see, but how do you see the, the movement or the, mm -hmm. the idea, the expression of the metaverse moving forward? Do you, do you feel like it's getting more popular, less popular? Like, mm -hmm. where do you think it is on the spectrum and, and how do you yeah. think we're doing and moving things forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, one thing in terms of how popular it is, how if we think about how metaverse is popular, it could be a difficult question to answer because we don't know exactly what metaverse is going to look like. I think one of the things that is exciting about this term is a lot of people are talking about it. But the reason that we're talking about it is not so much because we know what it is objectively and we're like, OK, guys, let's rush and yep. get there it's because we we think that there's a need for a better experience we think that you know we as human beings are not evolved to you know always be interacting with this 2d interfaces yep. so we think that into you know our experience is shifting and i think there are indications um that tell us that this is something that is going to be adopted in the future. For example, uh, you know, we can see that um, the 13 to 17 year olds are spending a lot of their time on video games. And what's really interesting is that they, the reason that they spend their time in these video games is for connecting yeah, to one another that's and exactly for, right. for social, for expression, like socialization, expression. So it's not so much that, oh, I want to go and, you know, shoot a bunch of zombies. It's more, you know, I want to, I feel connected. I feel like I belong here. You are right. Like I'm a gamer. I, I speak from, I, I live streamed last night to about 85 people on YouTube. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't play the game just for the game. But for yeah, that energy exactly. and that exchange, that experience between people, that is my, dare I insult the real world? It is nearly my favorite social experience that I have. Yeah. I, I, I plan my entire day and my entire life for these moments. And, exactly. but, but the thing is, it's, it's predefined for me. You know, there's mm -hmm. nothing that I can change. My, yeah. my, my avatars, my experience, the whole thing is determined by quote unquote, the company, you know, yes. and seeing 
where Oxumen is working towards giving me the power to change the experience. I'm playing in a, in a golf world. Okay. I like to play mm-hmm. this little golf game, but yeah. the, the course is always predetermined. The, the clubs yeah. and the balls and, and, and the environment is all predetermined. And sure, I enjoy it, but I would mm-hmm. love to kind of have a, you know, a special event for myself and for my friends that I could set the parameters. I could design yeah. the circumstances. And is that kind of where you're heading? Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, and I think this is very important um, if we think about, you know, other platforms that have uh, non kind of metaverse platforms like uh, Netflix, for example, or or even our experience of the Internet, my experience of Internet is very different to yours when I when I open my you know social media like my news feed or even like what Google suggests to me it's all kind of personalized and tailored it's it's my own little bubble and I think uh, uh, what we don't see with a lot of um, metaverse experiences is uh, they're mostly still being built by big gaming companies yeah like you know your Roblox Minecraft and all of that so it's kind of you still use them to express yourself, but it's via that closed platform. So you don't really have that power yourself per se. And I think that's what needs to that's what needs to open up. It's kind of like the metaverse is what you make of it. It's what you do with it that defines what it is going to be for you rather than me coming out and say hey i'm claiming that this is the metaverse now let me convince you to come into my world well and you're simplifying that coding and creation process in a way that people don't need to become a major expert in the field to participate yeah exactly uh, i think that's so fun yeah. so so do you think this is going to become you know as synonymous as as a smartphone or, or a laptop um in everyday life yeah, I think so. And I think um, actually that uh, example of smartphone is if 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 you think about, um, uh, you know, photography, for example, and Instagram. So, uh, you know, before you wanted to take a photo of nature, you had these DSLRs and Ew. you would go and you like take a take beautiful photo and then, um, you know, Instagram came and it was kind of like for people who take this kind of artistic photos. But then you have your you have your phone and it's so easy for you to take a picture why should I always take a artistic picture I want to take a picture of what I'm eating and then suddenly <laughs> all of those kind of like hand in hand uh, led to this phenomena of you know influencer culture for example so I think the metaverse inevitably will go through that same course uh, and you know it will be uh, first like hey these are the kind of prescriptive things that you can yes. do with it as as you said and then it's kind of be like oh you know now but now technology is allowing us to do it hardware is progressing compute power is becoming better and we have we have more things technologically at our disposal that we didn't have and i think that's when we start thinking about products products that are kind of for the sake of the end consumer and you know more and more we'll see iterations companies trying to think how do i utilize this technology how do i take it to every home how do i make it accessible and then we will that's when we will see um this mass adoption but i do believe um because a lot of especially the younger generation are uh, you know essentially answering to a lot of their needs in this gaming world it's not so far to imagine that you know it will grow to include more aspects of life 
Yeah. Essentially. I completely concur. To me, you know, watching my two children go online at the beginning of the pandemic and mm-hmm. seeing the spectrum of accessibility in my middle, upper middle class neighborhood and my children, yeah. because their dad happens to be a nerd, have webcams and headsets mm-hmm. and dual monitors. Like my mother's appalled. I mean, quite honestly, Nagar, yeah. it's like, um, however, once the world shifted and they had no other yeah. choice but to participate in an online manner, they jumped right in. They were seamlessly yeah. integrated with such little difficulty. But yet I, I see some of the kids in the class, first of all, couldn't even access school at all. But then mm-hmm. there was the ones that maybe had, you know, like a really old tablet with low resolution mm-hmm. and this this difficult, um, this really difficult path to, to something mm-hmm. that to me should be accessible to everyone. Is yeah. there any projects or ties that you and your company have towards broadening this access to those who are marginalized and have a difficult path to access to this technology? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you bring up uh, a really good point because we shouldn't expect, uh, especially when it comes to uh, gaming, like high resolution, you know, AAA quality. Um, we really believe that it shouldn't be, uh, you know, only through this like really heavy downloads or, uh, you know, like you need consoles and yeah. you know, a lot of things to make that. So uh, we, the way that we're thinking about it is uh, it should be as easy as, you know, opening up your phone and just being there. And we're we're working with a lot of um, we have a partner company called Orbit, uh, for example, that are, uh, you know, working a lot on this infrastructure and compute that how can we bring a very high quality, high fidelity, triple A quality of gaming, but without you having to do anything, because we don't want people to spend time to get into these experiences. Everyone is competing for that timeshare. Yeah, that frictionless you know, access is important. Exactly. Like if you think about, you know, all these big gaming companies, what are they competing? The units that they want to sell to people and for you to download their game, to be in their environment. And it takes about like 10 to 12 minutes to switch between one game to the other. So what if you didn't have to wait? How, how much timeshare would that open up? for everybody in the ecosystem, you know? So you, you, you jump into your experience. Imagine like if everyone, every time you wanted to load your Twitter, you had to wait for 15 minutes to get the latest uh, download of the news and then it would go out of, it would, it would go out, you know? Yeah, people Next wouldn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. So it's, it's not going to be sustainable to, to have that kind of barrier for people and we're we're really trying uh working with our partners to remove those barriers for people for sure oh, i'm so excited i can't wait to try your products more and you know i think it's it is a product at the end of the day and there has mm-hmm. to be a monetization um plan in place otherwise i mean we all we all understand that uh, companies can't always operate at a loss um mm-hmm. how would people access this platform and you know, what kind of cost or like what's what's the plan what's the real the real access point for the individuals and how can we expect to interact with this type of world yeah um i mean our experience is going to be free to play uh, so people can people can come in and uh, experience it um and i think it's it's important uh cost is one 
uh, one thing that might make an experience inaccessible. And it's uh, it's really important to give people the kind of the reassurance of what they're what they're getting into. I think a lot of a lot of companies um, make make what to me is a mistake of kind of like gating their yep. experience. Um, either that's with you know tokens or you know you need some kind of you create some kind of barriers, multi-level or like, currency schemes and different gems exactly. and tokens and it's too much, exactly. right? They just we just want to yes. play. Like, hi, I'm representing the gamers here once again, and we we just want to play. Exactly, and yeah. a place to play. And mm-hmm. if we can provide that in an in an accessible way, you know, something yeah. that people from around the world with varying levels of technology can access. I don't see how you yeah. can go wrong. Like, yeah, I, exactly. And this is and this is uh, this is an old, um, you know, old problem. Even in even in like you know designing for apps, you you want like your consumer to get like to the experience fast. If you have like 10, 10 layers of like, oh, you need to subscribe and now you need to like confirm your email and come back. You're like, okay, you've lost me now. By this time I'm gone. So so I think uh it's really important to yes, make it accessible, have people see what they're what they're really coming into. And then um, you know, if if they like it, there there could be, you know, monetization roots down down the down the line and then you know exactly why i'm paying uh paying this fee why i'm why do i want to own this asset and it's it's all in the in the favor of you kind of like augmenting that experience for you and you know the um and that's where you can kind of create very healthy ecosystems between you know creators that you know, might be creating assets, for example, and users who are coming and, you know, wanting to wanting to access that. And, you know, this, it becomes a more kind of healthier economy. This this is what I'm thinking about, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I'm a YouTuber, too. These guys might not know that. And I'm not here to plug my channel. But to think about that broad creative experience where, where I could actually interact with my audience, and I could literally yeah. create an event, you know, I'm, for for a for some sort of celebration or a gathering or some sort of purpose and mm-hmm. to be able to create not just an empty room that we can gather in with um spatial audio which is fabulous but then yeah. what are we going to do when we get there and I, I just feel like the pieces are coming together and yeah even, even though i feel like the metaverse like in my experience i mean i'm a 41 i was in high school when the internet was born so i've literally lived the life of the internet so far and to me you know back in 1999 when i talked about how awesome this new internet technology is not to sound like a boomer kids but it's true um but now i think that the metaverse the concept of that and these Mm -hmm. different avenues that companies such as yours are are establishing like it's it's really at the beginning and i think that might be a confusion for some folks is like we're not even in the beta testing so to speak as far as the broad picture of this next generation of of online experiences where do you think we are in that sort of spectrum of progress and development to you know what we might consider a a final product or sort of a a really polished end user experience Mm -hmm. what's the timeline looking for looking like on your end yeah, um, that's uh, that's interesting. And as I said, I think one difficulty in doing those kind of predictions is if we knew what is it going to be down the line, we might have been 
it might have been easier to break down the steps and say like, hey, you know, we're like 10% of the way or we're like, yeah, we've made a lot of progress. Now we're at 20%. I think it's always going to be like the internet. We're going to look back and see the little things that shaped it. And I think um, a lot of people are doing little things. And I, I don't really believe that um, there will be a point where there is this moment that we could look at, you know, before and after and say this, you know, this was the moment where metaverse happened. I think it's a, it's a process. And, you know, we are, we are, I think technologically, we are at a place where we can improve experience, at least 10x, we can, we can give people a better experience, because we do have tools. It's not, it's not like we're, blocked on you know technology yes technology is always progressing things will always be better there will be um cheaper more cost efficiency you know in terms of infrastructure experience iterations will happen but i think um right at the second what i'm thinking about is there are ways that i can contribute my company can contribute in making that experience better and i think we need to think along those lines and then, you know, 10 years down the line, we will look back and say, these were all the things that shaped what we may be calling the metaverse. Wow. Wow. So well said. And really, you know, the, the, the foundational idea of why I started this podcast, because I don't know, I don't have all the answers. I'm interested. I'm curious. I want to investigate. And, yeah. you know, to speak to these, to speak to leaders such as yourself who are contributing each of these important pieces, I want to be able to look back in several years and see this, this list of incredible humans, mm -hmm. which is you happen to be the 10th person here on the podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pivotal moment for me. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's really is incredible. Tell us about any upcoming milestones, events, news, you know, hot topics um, from your desk that maybe you wanted to share with the listeners. Let them know what to expect and uh, what exciting things are on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a major launch coming up on one of the largest hardware distributors. I can't say much at this point, but I would encourage anyone who is interested to sign up on our website. If uh, you want to be one of the first people who create with Oxworld, um, the best, best thing to do is to go on uh, oxworld.app and sign up and um, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, big things are coming. Um, as I said, we are gearing up to launch um, the first version of our software very soon. And we are very excited to put this in the hands of people. This looks really cool. I'm looking at your video on the website. It looks fantastic. Oxworld.app. I mean, this is this is good stuff. I'm happy to be here. I really appreciate you being here. Is there Thank any you. way that your community, our community can can get in touch, can stay in touch, follow you on social media? Um, any other ways that these passionate folks can uh, can stay in touch? Yeah, for sure. I'm uh I'm on I'm on Twitter myself, but you know, to um stay tuned with Augs Augs World News, I think the best best way is to just get in get in touch with us on the website. We we would love to hear with anyone who think that, you know, there's a chance of collaboration or you know they want to be one of our creators. Uh yeah, please don't be shy and reach out. Um that would be great. Thank you, Negar. It's absolutely my pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode because I know I sure did. It was such an honor to speak with Nagar. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to email them to me directly, exploring the metaverse together at gmail.com. You can also jump onto the Facebook page that's Exploring the Metaverse on Facebook. And we do have a YouTube channel as well, which is just getting off the ground. So go ahead and check that out. Thank you so much for listening.